When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Long Acres Finance channel. Today I'm going to show you my top 10 holdings right now, and I'll talk about my dividend income this year. The purpose of sharing this information is to give you transparency into my actual portfolio so that you can see that I am actively investing in the stocks I talk about on my channel. I also want to show you how my dividend income is growing and how it motivates me to keep investing more money into this strategy. Before we dive in, this is not investment advice. It's merely a glimpse of my investment process and my current portfolio intended for entertainment purposes only. Okay, let's start with my top 10 holdings. These are combined holdings across the four dividend-focused portfolios I have. The market value of my portfolios is $118,334 as of July 19, 2022, right after a nice 2.9% gain for the day. This is a nice increase from my update last month when my portfolios were valued at just $112,536. It's nice to finally see the market value increase during this rough year. I add new money to all of these portfolios each month, and it can get a little depressing to continually see the market value decline, even with all the contributions. My projected annual dividend income currently sits at $2,913. This is also an increase from a month ago, when the dividend income was projected at $2,793. A nice $120 increase, or 4.29%, so a pretty solid month of dividend growth. This month, my top 10 holdings account for 26.5% of my portfolio value which is also higher than last month's figure, which was 24%. My largest position right now is Tiro Price Group with a 3.2% allocation. I've been talking a lot about Tiro lately, and I have also been investing more money into this position. In May, it was the ninth largest holding in my portfolio. Last month, it was the fifth largest, and earlier this month, it jumped up into the number one spot. I set a 5% cap on the allocation to any one single position in my portfolio. So while there is still room for me to continue adding to Tiro, at some point, it may reach this threshold. I still have a pretty big loss on my position of about $800, which is fine as this is a long-term investment for me. My yield on cost right now is 3.32%, and the stock currently offers a dividend yield of 4%. So each additional contribution I make into Tiro bumps this yield on cost a little higher. Tiro generates 5.2% of my total annual dividend income, making it one of my largest income contributors. The current dividend yield of about 4% is significantly higher than the trailing dividend yield of 2.6%, implying the stock is potentially undervalued right now. My second largest position is MasterCard, with a 2.8% allocation. Quite a large gap there between the highest and second highest positions. I am down about $100 on this position, which doesn't sound terrible given the market decline we have seen thus far this year. MasterCard is a very low yielding stock. My yield on cost right now is just 0.56%. The current yield for MasterCard is 0.58%, so I don't see too much improvement in my yield on cost from future contributions. The 5-year trailing yield for MasterCard is 0.52% implying the stock may be a little undervalued right now. My third largest position is Texas Instruments with a 2.7% allocation. This was my largest position for the past two months. It drops down the list because I have not added any more capital to it. While the yield for Texas Instruments still looks reasonably attractive, it is not valued favorably by my price-to-free cash flow screener. I am down about $240 on this position with a yield on cost of 2.6%. Texas Instruments generates 3.1% of my total annual dividend income. It has a 5-year trailing dividend yield of 2.56%, implying some potential undervaluation. The stock looked more attractive a few months ago with a dividend yield above 3%, and I did add a little bit more money to my position. 
However, today I have opted to direct my contributions towards more favorable opportunities. My fourth largest position is Humana, with a 2.7% allocation. I have not added to this position in a while. The current dividend yield of 0.64% is just barely lower than the trailing 5-year average yield of 0.66%, implying the stock is about fairly valued. My yield on cost of 0.74% is somewhat better than the current yield the stock offers. I'm up about $430 on this position, and I will likely not add in the near future as I think my dollars are better invested elsewhere. Rounding out the top 5 positions is Amgen, with a 2.6% allocation. Amgen is another strong dividend contributor in my portfolio, generating 3.4% of my annual dividend income. I have a modest gain of $244 on this position, which is nice to see considering I kept buying into the stock as it struggled last year. In fact, for a very long time I carried a loss on Amgen which was tough to look at given the stock market was hitting all-time highs in 2021. The stock currently pays a dividend yield of 3.14%. That is better than its trailing 5-year dividend yield of 2.9%. This implies that it is potentially undervalued right now. I was able to pick up shares at an even more attractive valuation, as my yield on cost is 3.4%. While I still like Amgen quite a lot, I have not contributed any capital to this position recently. The 6th largest holding in my portfolio this month is Visa, with a 2.6% allocation. This is another low-yielding dividend stock that currently offers a sub-1% dividend yield, but the company has a very rewarding streak of dividend growth and has offered capital appreciation above market averages during the past decade. Given my time horizon, I am willing to pass on more dividend income today for potential above-average total returns in the next 2-3 decades. I'm about flat on this position with a gain of just $18. Both Visa and MasterCard underperformed the broad market last year, and they did not fall as much as some other popular dividend stocks this year. I've been adding to my Visa position recently, and I will continue to do so in the near future, as I believe the stock still presents a good opportunity going forward. It currently offers a yield of 0.7%, that is better than its 5-year trailing average of 0.63%. My yield on cost of 0.71% is right in line with the current yield, meaning that it's not going to improve at current levels, but that's okay with me. In 7th place we have Domino's Pizza with a 2.5% allocation, another stock I have mentioned often in recent videos. My position has a gain of $174, or about 6% right now, and I've been adding to Domino's during the last two months. The stock currently offers a dividend yield of 1.07%. That seems generous, given the average yield it offered during the last five years was just 0.88%. My personal yield on cost is 1.14%, which is even higher than today's yield. You should keep in mind that my yield on cost increases every time a dividend rate increases. So in general, it should keep growing over time so long as dividend hikes continue. The 8th largest holding this month is Main Street Capital, my favorite BDC with a 2.5% allocation. My tactical target allocation has a limit of 2.5% that I will contribute to this position, so it should not go too much higher than this level, except as driven by market returns. I am up about $53 on this position, with a yield on cost of 6.2%, making it one of my higher yielding positions. Currently, Main Street Capital offers a dividend yield of 6.08%, and has a 5-year trailing yield of 6.05%. Back in 2020, the yield spiked to about 15%, which was an amazing time to load up on the stock. Main Street Capital generates $178 of annual dividend income for me, which accounts for 6.1% of my total dividend income. The ninth largest position is Charles Schwab with a 2.5% allocation. I've been adding a little bit to my Schwab position every week, as it currently presents a fair deal based on my price to free cash flow screener. Right now I have no gain or loss on this position, with my yield on cost of 1.27%, being exactly the same as the one offered by the stock right now. The 5-year trailing dividend yield is 1.12%, which implies the stock is potentially attractive. I'll continue adding to this position for as long as the valuation makes sense. And rounding up the top 10 this month is Aries Capital with a 2.4% allocation. I have a similar cap on Aries as I do for Main Street Capital, 
so there is a little bit more room to push this position to a full 2.5% target. Aries is by far the highest yielding position in my portfolio. It currently offers an 8.59% dividend yield, that is below its trailing 5-year yield of 9.05%. My personal yield on cost of 8.43% is still lower than the current yield, so I do have room for improvement in the future. I am also down about $58 on this stock right now, which isn't too bad. It generates $248 of dividend income for me annually. That accounts for 8.5% of my total dividend income. Any dividend interruptions from this stock would certainly have a ripple effect on my annual dividend income. This is one of the reasons why I set a smaller allocation cap on the higher yielding positions in my portfolio. While I'm not concerned with generating large dividend income today, I do want to see my income consistently growing without interruptions. Okay, now that we have covered the top 10 holdings, I'll quickly show you my best and worst positions before we move on to the dividend income summary. My 5 best positions in terms of dollar gains have been United Healthcare, Tractor Supply, Humana, Automatic Data Processing, and Jack Henry & Associates. And my 5 worst positions are Tiro Price Group, Market Access Holdings, 3M Company, Stag Industrial, and SSNC Technologies. Tiro and SSNC are currently two of my three stocks I am adding the most capital to right now. I'm not concerned that these are two of my worst stocks today, because I believe in the long term they have the potential to be amongst the top performing positions in my portfolio. This requires me to maintain a long-term perspective, and to be patient while both stocks struggle to find a bottom this year. The last two days have been rather positive in the market, but I don't think the pain is quite over just yet. Okay, now on to my dividend income. In 2022 thus far, I have earned $1,423.41 in dividend income. This includes partial July. In the first half of the year, the dividend income was just shy of $1,300. And while I believe the second half of the year will be stronger, I think I'll finish the year somewhere short of $3,000. June of 2022 was the best month to date, with a total of $379.59 of dividend income flowing in. Quarter 2 was also the best quarter thus far, with a total of $699.38 being paid into my brokerage accounts, so very close to crossing $700. The income in quarter 2 was 19.59% higher than in quarter 1, when I received only $584.81. It's nice to see such a strong growth rate quarter over quarter. On a monthly basis, my income doesn't always consistently grow, because sometimes I'll get a special dividend, or I'll move around some positions which impacts the dividends I receive. However, on a quarterly basis, my income should continue to rise more consistently. Quarter 1 of 2022 was 12.33% higher than quarter 4 of 2021. If I were to continue to see this average 16% quarterly dividend increase for the next two quarters, I should finish quarter 3 above $800, and quarter 4 around $940. This would push me upwards of $3,300 in total dividend income for the year. However, I don't think I'll continue to see such high growth in the next two quarters. I continue to invest a little more than $1,000 per month into these dividend portfolios, and this money will generate more dividend income. But once your portfolio value grows higher, new contributions represent a much smaller part of the portfolio, and increase the cash flow at a slower rate. The other factor that drives higher dividend income is dividend increases. The first half of this year has been pretty wild, with some very generous dividend hikes. But I think that will cool off in the next 6 months. Now that the stock market has cooled off, and recession fears are a daily news topic, I think companies will tread more carefully in how they allocate their excess income. I do believe we will continue to see dividend increases throughout this year, but in my opinion we likely won't see too many 20 or 30% bumps. Don't get me wrong, I would love to see as high of an increase as possible from all of my holdings, but I'd much rather prefer for each company to make financially responsible decisions that will reward me the most in the long term. Before I wrap up here, I just want to show you a dividend income forecast from Simply Safe Dividends. It takes my current dividend income of $2,900 and the historical dividend growth rate of my positions, plus a 3% boost from dividend reinvestment, and my projected annual contributions of $16,500.
and it projects what my dividend income will be over the next 20 years. It's very motivational to look at these forecasts, but we do have to keep in mind that it's just an assumption based on these trends continuing. Okay, so in 5 years my dividend income should be about $8,000. In 10 years it should be about $17,300. This would be pretty sweet as it's higher than my annual contribution right now. Once that crossover happens, my dividends will be growing my portfolio faster than my contributions. In 15 years it should be about $34,600, which funny enough was my starting salary out of college many years ago. And 20 years from now, my dividend income should be about $66,400. It's pretty nice to see that exponential growth take off as we look out 20 years in the future. Given that I have up to 30 years before I reach full retirement age, I can potentially reach an income that is significantly higher. Something else I need to consider is that given inflation, $66,000 20 years from now is not the same as having $66,000 today. Inflation is sky high today, but that won't be the case forever. I think by next year we should be back to normal inflation levels, hopefully even sooner than that. Let me know what your largest position is right now, and if you are still adding more money to it today. If you enjoyed the video, please give it a like and subscribe to the channel. Thank you for watching and see you next time.